Chris and Lowe, welcome to the latest Fearless in Devotion. It's a special week in, in the lives of, uh, of uh, Wrexham fans with the new documentary dropping, finally. Um, so we've all seen it. Um, we're even in it. Uh, well, me and, you, me and you are, Tim. That was a bit of a surprise. Anyway, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Let's do this more a bit more chronologically. First off, thanks to the fan... For the, to, thanks to the fat boar for for sponsoring us each and every week. See, I'm 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 so sort of rocked by Hollywood that um I can't even speak properly. Um, yeah, I watched it about I just finished watched it about 45 minutes ago. Me and Amber watched it. Um, overall, I thought I thought it was pretty good, a pretty solid sort of entry into the into the uh, into the next season. Um. A few things sort of jarred a little bit with me. I mean, the timeline seemed to be all over the place. Firstly, let's take it from the top. What did you think of the theme music? I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. When they first came in, in with the series last season, I loved the uh, times are changing. I wasn't too keen on the on the Buddy Holly song. Um, where does this sit for you, Tim? Um, I missed a bit of that then because you froze and I couldn't decide if that was my laptop or your laptop. But um, Liam, can you decide this for us? Who froze? Was it me or Tim? I don't know. You both you both come in through loud and clear to me. The internet here in New Broughton is sparkling tonight. Oh, anyway, you're on... oh I think we, we have, have our answer. You're on about I the intro music. Got yeah. our answer. We've got our answer. It's you, Tim. <laughs> the internet in the internet in I'm, fi- I'm, I'm fine, but everybody else seems to be freezing. But anyway, I'm, I'm guessing you're on about the uh, music. Um, yeah. I don't know. It, it, it is. I tried to figure out who it was via the lyrics before, but I couldn't figure out who it was. So can you tell me who it is? No, I don't know. But what was your overall sort no. of feel, feel of it? I'm on asked. Music is just music, uh, as far as I'm concerned. I'm surprised <laughs> they changed it. I'm not. I'm not. It was. I mean, obviously, the, the setup was already there in terms of. You know, the whole King visit to begin with before the, the opening titles rolled. Um, yeah, I, I to be honest, uh, if we're, we're going to sort of stay with the music theme for a minute, I enjoyed the soundtrack soundtrack generally that was running throughout it. I managed to learn that there was a, a, a random hip-hop track on it that I'd never heard before, but it's not available on Spotify. I can't remember who it is now. MC somebody. MC, who was it? I can't remember now, but that was pretty good. Um, but yeah, less of the music, more about the content, I think. So let's dive headlong into that, shall we? Well, first off, there was lots of swearing from the off. Liam, as a family man, did that offend you? Are you offended? Uh, you look offended. I, I like a good F and a good F and a good blind, really. And I think when it comes to things like Parky's enthusiasm, people seem to have quite taken to that. Um, my wife was laughing along as the as the tally topped up. So no, I think it was effing great. More swearing. Um, wow. The other thing yeah. that's quite evident from the off is there's a lot of we. I'm going to carry on with the swearing. I'm sorry for for everyone. There was a lot of effing about um, about if we don't go up, we are f u c k e d. Is it is that over egging it a little bit? I don't think that those lads would have got that club into a position that where if we didn't go up, we'd have been screwed. Um, you think that's just a bit of poetic license, Tim? Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm sitting like a geek with like two pages worth of notes, and that is on there about us not being sustainable and us being fucked if we don't go up. Um, it's already well saying that. Explains just why. 
um, you know, the local fans as well as international fans. Explain why that would be the case. Um, but yeah, I think there might be a bit of poetic license. It, it definitely wouldn't have been the out and out disaster that it kind of alludes to. But you know, obviously, obviously wouldn't have been wouldn't have been ideal. But it's by the by, no spoilers. For anybody well, yeah, who, they, they can who say stuff know. like that, can't they? Because <laughs> we did go up. Well, yeah, it's, easy, it's, it's easy to say that now, yeah. And it'd be interesting to see when they actually recorded that. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, it did it did flit around with the timeline a little bit. So just for... I mean, if you're an American or on to it watching it and you're going to go, oh, well, the cop got demolished this episode, and then you're going to be like watching match highlights for the next couple of episodes going, why is that cop still there? Uh so, yeah, I mean, the cop didn't get demolished until later on in the season. The king didn't come till December, I don't think. But, yeah. one, but this this match and action-wise, this centred around the first week week of the season, which we are obviously Eastleigh uh, and Chesterfield. Um, I, I, I love the bit with Leighton. The stuff like that is the bit I the bits I really like because they're behind-the-scenes stuff where you get to see a bit of personality of, of the players that we that we don't get anywhere else. I think I think that that sort of that sort of bit really worked for me. And I thought you know Aiden Davison came across well. I think the whole bits with the keeper situation, introducing Mark Howard, uh, that that was one of the highlights for me. That worked really well. I, although I bloody hell, I forgot how bad Howard was from that from that long throw. That did not show up well at all. At all did it? What was he doing? Was that physio session? Was it a physio session with? Um... Uh, what's his name, Rob Langton, or was it a torture session in Iraq or somewhere like that? Because I, there's I, one I, moment... I know what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say. Because I've already got this were... written down. Was it when they were running that? What was it they were running over his... Shatterproof ruler. I can only assume that Ryan Murray, the, uh, the sports therapist that was helping Lena with his treatment, um, slathers a fair bit of honey and jam on his toast of a morning because it looks like he's running a butter knife up and down poor Rob's wrist and because he said something about generating friction and we just you know as opposed to the layman you think right he's, he's injured his wrist again it's going to be basic fairly basic physiotherapy so you really get an idea of how intense and how in depth that, that, that they go to to really try and get him back up and running um, and you know long term because you know he goes on to say that you know it, he's only got a short time frame to, to prove himself as and when he gets gets back fit. We know that's kind of not panned out great at the moment for him, but I thought the the, the keeper thing was an interesting character arc because it's kind of it, you know extended from from the, the Dibble thing last year, and it's kind of nice that that Howard is has gone on to say you know keepers do make mistakes, and obviously he sort of dropped a, that initial clangor against Eastleigh. Then there's another clangor in that game against Chesterfield, but it's really great. That as this has has gone to air, he's back in the team and he's doing really well. So I like I like that kind of full circle moment to it. Yeah, I do. And you know what? We I don't want to get this doesn't need to delve into another debate about Howard, but it, it is it is it sort of shows how vital it is for a keeper to start well. And, and Mark Howard didn't start well, but you know you're right. He's got a redemption. He's he's back in the team. He's doing he's doing well. So there is sort of a a happy a happy ending to this. Um, what did you think about Ryan and Rob's um, etiquette training, Liam, as a man who uh, who, who loves loves all things uh, monarchy? Well, can I just shock you about the royal element and say I think that could have served as an entire episode. I was surprised that we didn't see the more personal angle, which was 
uh, Ollie Palmer's dad working for Prince Charles. Because I remember at the time, I actually, I genuinely thought that was quite an interesting um, little story, and I'm surprised they didn't link up with that more. But generally speaking, like the etiquette bit, I think it serves more to the general audience maybe than to the Wrexham fan. You know, it's quite, it was quite funny, but did I, did I need it in there? Not necessarily, but I, I would have actually watched a whole episode on that royal visit because whilst I might not be a royalist, I find all the little formalities and mechanizations of that quite interesting. I do wonder though, would would sort of the royal PR machine have had a final yeah. say on what was included? Yeah, I, I think I think there is a little bit of that. I thought it was very low key actually. It was quite quite played down as played down as where where Rob McElhenney seemed to be uh, staying for the night. He's staying in the beaches. <laughs> Yeah. No, it was in the Premier Inn opposite. In the Premier Inn opposite the beach. Amazing. Did he go in the? Did he go in Charlie Chalk's um, fun factory where <laughs> you're there be... now, mate? He's in the ball pit. <laughs> you, if, if you were I taller like than the banana, Premier. though, you couldn't go in. It, would he be taller than the banana? <laughs> you got to remember the, the Premier Inn backs off onto the Colliers Park, so you could have been having a poke around there as well, and a little look around. Who knows? <laughs> He um, seemed he seemed like a guy who just got up. He'd had a he'd had a very hearty breakfast with with five elements, including including black pudding, um, and he was ready to attack the day. I think I think he'd been staying there, um, and good on him, good on him. It's uh, we should we Tim go over there, review it, ask for oh, the well, any yeah. sweet. I'll try. I mean, Rob had a, a wonderful coat that he wore as he got into his. Little he did. Private, I love that. Uh, I love that outfit. Yeah. Lovely. Um, I, I thought I thought the King's visit thing it was obviously the theme that the entire episode centered around, coming starting and going back to it. I thought it was handled pretty well. It wasn't too over the top, like you said. I think Liam's point about Ollie Palmer's dad being royal protection officer that may well come back into it because I know Palmer's quoted at the start saying, you know, what's going on, King's visit, blah blah. And we see the King and Ollie Palmer having a little chit chat, so they may well revisit it. That that might not be the end we see of it. I don't know. Um. Do you think, Tim, like do you think they sort of, sorry, mate, do you think they sort of swapped time around a little bit because they wanted to start big? They wanted to start big with the king. Um, I mean, I think so. I think so. You, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm a bit like Liam. I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not massively into the royal family thing and, and all that sort of stuff, but it, it would have been absolutely insane for, for the producers not to have included this because we all know that. Quite a lot of Americans love the royal family. They love what it stands for and all that sort of stuff. So that aspect appeals straight away to, to the wider audience. And I, and I get that. I like the fact they address him as the King of England. Nothing more, nothing yeah, less. I, I, I picked um, up on that. I picked up on that. <laughs> I, I, how they never... Um, I mean, I suppose we now know why. Because to to extend out the two, two pumps and release into a sexual double entendre during a, uh, a piece about the monarchy would have been slightly outrageous, no doubt. Um, so I thought that was quite funny. Um, and I liked what Rob said when I think Brian said, oh, it's the structure that's bothering him. Rob said, well, no, it's, it's the idea of bowing somebody that he found, finds quite yeah, yeah, odd. No, yeah, yeah. I, I get that. Um, and and for anybody who wants to do a Rob McElhaney flag, I might even do this myself. That quote, I don't stand, I rise. Jesus Christ. Strong quote. Even just said it yeah. for fun and shits and giggles with the cracker. Love that. Um, yeah, I just thought it, they handled it really well because they could have gone well overboard with it and done the whole sort of brown nose in the episode. What's the point? We, we know how it played out. Um, 
Well, we knew at the and end yeah. it was ultimately futile. Well, yeah, it it it, it was, it was, uh, and that was kind of weird that that leveling up funding conference call with with Sean Harvey um, Humphrey in character on set for for his American also I think probably yeah yeah um, it was yeah and Robin Ryan and you know even Sean Harvey showed a bit more. Um, character than what we would normally see sort of just a hard-nosed sort of football administrator person it's like yeah let me take the brunt of it you guys are cheering me up and we will by hook or by crook get it one way or another um, um Amber right said uh, when Amber was watching that scene she said oh that fella in the bottom bottom left he's got a very kind face <laughs> who's this amazing Amber <laughs> so who was she talking about oh she, Mr Harvey Sean Harvey no Sean comment. Face no comment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did think it was might, great though. When he, he was slightly, Sean, if you're listening. He was slightly annoyed though about the fact that he learnt via a media outlet, which I'm led to believe is a certain hyperlocal Wrexham news website um, that he found out about the levelling up bid via. So he won't have been best pleased about that either. <laughs> Definitely yeah. wasn't us. Um, um, just one other thing. One other thing about the about the episode. Good, good that uh, Phil Salmon had a bit of a bit of time on it. I mean, obviously, we, we all we all know Phil. The amount of time and money he's put into the club. It, it's good that they're sort of showing that side of it. Plus Nightingale House, sort of slowly introducing all all the all the good work we do around Wrexham, which I know is going to ramp up in the next couple of episodes. Um, Towards the end, yeah, we made a we made an appearance. I can't I can't even remember saying that. I called them those Derbyshire fellows. Wow. That yeah, well, you, really... you stopped you stopped short of describing them something very very different. And uh, that was my I prediction. Love to, I'd love to shove it up those Derbyshire fellows. Do you reckon they dubbed me? I'm going to have to go back and listen to that. They definitely um, no, they they definitely did not dub you. No, I, oh, remember, okay. I remember at the time you thought twice. I was like, he's going to go big here. Can and, I mention though uh, that? There was a split second video footage of me down over to an arcade on on promotion night. Um, I mean, this got... is this is meta on meta, isn't it? Because if they're taking bits, if they're taking bits for, for for this podcast from the documentary, but we're talking about the documentary, oh, it's warping my mind. We could be talking <laughs> about a documentary while being on a documentary talking about a documentary. Stop now. Stop. Let's let's oh, let's, let's go. Right. Let's, I also had a family member on the episode. My auntie was in the club shop buying something and talking about shirts and jackets and bumping oh, into people in Wrexham gear. Yeah, bump people bumping yeah. into Wrexham people in Wrexham gear in the park or something. So yeah, that's a claim to fame. Ultimately, okay. I know I know we've cross-examined the, the episode, but ultimately it's it's um it's a setup, isn't it? It's a setup for the season ahead. Essentially, what it is. We're going to have a bit of Elliot Lee in there. They've already focused on him as one of the key players and what yeah. he brings to the table. Um, and yeah, I, I just thought, I think there was a there was a certain degree of, of transparency with it in terms of like Humphrey was going, well, we're going to have the highest playing budget, we're going to have the highest wages, obviously. You know, and it's stating the obvious. We don't have to say that. We could just turn a blind eye to it and just, just let everybody else deduce that that's going to be the case. But to go out mm. and just say, well, it's pretty obvious we have, you know, you could be seen as making a rod for your own back, but we're there to be shot at. And that, those are the facts, aren't they, really? But You know, um, I wonder if, you know, last season we were sort of setting ourselves up as the underdog, the plucky underdog. And, you know, people people know that's not the case. I wonder if they're setting Notts County up as a as a bit of 
an underdog for this this season because what they did achieve, I know, oh no, I know they've got a, a big budget, but they didn't spend as much as we did. So I wonder if that's sort of sowing the seeds there a little bit. Liam, um, overall, we need to rate this episode. And me and you came up with a rating system earlier, didn't we? So, what? Well, yeah, yeah, we we text, and you're not involved. Um, I, I fuck it out. Thanks a lot. I, I'm excluded. For, does that mean it? Does that mean I'm vetoed from this vote? Uh, <laughs> no, so, the, so the so the rating system is as follows: a Craig Skinner is a below average, a Jim Whitley is straight down the line, uh, and then you get a Carl Conley for legendary status. So, where are you put in this one, Liam? Is it a Skinner, a Whitley, or a Conley? I'm gonna go straight down the line and say Jim Whitley. I'll admit when I first watched it, the non-linear narrative really really jarred with me just because we're jumping from uh august to december august to january but i'm slightly over that you know it, how much reality is there in time oh is it time oh, for me to shut up you're questioning sort of life and 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 the bigger questions now are you yeah you know is it time for me to shut up most probably but no i thought it pulled at a few decent strands but i thought it was more of a pace setter just for the start start of things to come and I think there'll be better episodes along the way but it wasn't completely terrible so super Jim Whitley yeah um Tim Skinner Whitley or Connolly what are you calling this rating system before I give you my answer you can't just drop that on me and not have a name for it um we're calling it the Craig Skinner um remembrance uh he's not dead but not the, the dead Craig. no the Craig's going to remembrance scale. That's right. what we're calling it. You're going to have to come up with something better. If, if, if for some bizarre reason you are tuning into this episode, you can come up with a better name for this aberration of a rating system that these two have just come up with. Please let us know. Um, tweet us and all that sort of jazz. Um, right, okay. So in answer, I, threw in, I think you threw in a bit of shade on Craig Skinner because we all know he had one of the finest haircuts ever to play for excellent FC. If, if, if you're into your indie stuff, it's a banger. It's still a bit, bit of a mullet. Are, are you me. saying it's all style and no substance then? No, okay. I'm not saying that. I know. I knew you were going to say that then. I'm going to say very much that this episode was a safe episode, a stabilising episode, pretty much like Jim Whitley, the player. So I too am going to go with Jim Whitley for that ranking. I'm going to go with Whitley, but I'm going to go with 2002-2003 promotion Jim Whitley. So... <laughs> Oh, here we go. <laughs> Slightly better than your average, Whitley. Um, look, I, I think it would have been perfect if they'd have dropped that episode and maybe another one with it, and then you could have got into it a little bit more, and I think that would have been perfect for me. I think the other thing that... Um, I, I think the other thing is, like, we as Wrexham fans know the timeline, uh, but I think a lot of our American friends who have really bought into this know the timeline as well now. So, you know, I think they should be aware... Of that a little bit, but look, stuff like that didn't, didn't bother me that much. It was. Do they know who Craig Skinner is? Our American fans, actually, that's one thing that did occur to me with our rating system. And <laughs> Jim Whitley and Carl Connolly, has to be said. Uh, three people, yeah. three people Googling. we never have, no one never will get on this pod. That sounds right now. I, I don't think I was ever more upset than Jim Whitley. Uh, sorry, not not Jim Whitley. He was fine. Um, than than with Craig Skinner because we paid sixty grand for him. He looked the part, and I thought he was going to be amazing, and he just let me down every turn. I was, uh, I was, I was a little bit underwhelmed by 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 Craig Skinner. So it's underwhelmed. Oh, hang on, Amber's trying to sneak past. Um, 
underwhelmed, absolutely straight down the line and absolutely amazed. So Carl Conley, because he came from nowhere and became one of our legends, you know, he's pretty much untouchable. My favourite ever Wrexham player. And I won't have anything said to the contrary on that. Um, are you ready for Are you ready for some fan comments? Yes, uh, of course we are. One season two, episode one. So stuck a little tweet out earlier on about what people thought of the first episode of the second season. Wrexham fan, can't wait for more. P.S. Nice cameo from Fearless IDZ. Thank you very much. Um, I'm going to come to Wrexham in a minute. Derbyshire fellows. <laughs> Up your Derbyshire fellows, yeah. Um, Michael, uh, lots of necessary setup. Got the Royals out of the way. Thumbs up from me. Jay Bailey, the overall episode one was a bit of housekeeping episode. Recap, catch up with a few last season's personalities. Get the Royal visit and Tory Housery out of the way. Nice new segments with AC and Robbo. Even better episodes are coming soon. Um, as we've alluded to with the timeline, Luke Perry's put a bit odd that they start with the King and overseas fans considering these things happen mid-season. I was expecting they start small and build as the Americans built into the season. It was pretty good, though. Uh, Baltimore Wrexham. Uh, one episode isn't enough to really rate it. will be better with a three-episode arc. Enjoy the AAC segment. Not enough time with new players. King part was fine. Note the King is in an episode whose purpose is to communicate disappointment. King of England, not Wales. Thumbs up. Um, 10 out of 10. Funny heart woman. Can't wait for the next one. Says John Halton. I'm going to come back to Wrexham Boy. Um, unpopular opinion, but to be honest, I'm not really a fan of the documentary. I wanted it to have more behind-the-scenes footage of the club and team. I couldn't care less about the local people. I couldn't care less about the local people's lives that are getting interviewed. The first series was the same. Obviously, that's prompted some debate, including from myself and a few others. Um, and he, Rex Boy goes on to say, I far more enjoyed the Amazon series of documentaries, the Man City one, the Spurs one, etc. Seeing how a club is run from the inside, I couldn't care about the local people. I'm a season ticket holder, have been for years. I'm not local, but my interest is football, not people. Um, and then I'll just do one more from him. That's where we differ in opinions. I want to know things like how Mullin was persuaded to sign as his name is mentioned in an episode. And then suddenly he was a player, but nothing in between. I don't want to know about Bob in the Butchers. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, Rex and Boy, I, I mean, like I said, it's, it's a game of opinions and we fully appreciate that. Um, Rex and Boy says, take your mad for movies and shove it up your ass." Let's show it up, your, your, your Derbyshire fellows, it would seem. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Rex and Boys had a bit of a kickback from that from other people, kind of disagree. Not strongly disagree, but disagree nevertheless. Um, it, it, it's Look, for some people. I, I mean, really... If I'm being absolutely honest, that's what I want from the documentary as well, but it's not aimed at me. It's aimed at painting a picture of what a, a town and a football club, how they work together and how they're into intrinsically linked in a way that isn't really an American sport. Uh, so that is the purpose of this documentary, and it does that very well. Look, look if it was just for me, it would be an all, all or nothing deep dive into every part of behind the scenes of the club, because that's what I don't know, and that's what I want to know. But I understand it's w- what it's here for, and, it, 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 and you know, it's, it's raising our profile as a, as a town and a club. So, you know, I've got, I've got no complaints with, with how they're doing it. Liam, what do you think? With that, we've just found out that Rex and Boy BOY is Andy Gilpin's burner account. Top. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not no, that think, about it. The, the only thing I would I would have liked to see more on the football inside is I'm always interested in you know, you know in the transfer window and you know if we're talking about the one that's just been as in you know where we had the whole Luke Armstrong episode. I think there's a lot of interesting mechanisations of how transfers work, which for me as a football fan would be 
good to see. I would like to have seen how Elliot Lee was persuaded to drop a few leagues, for example. Um, I think the way he he played in that first Eastley game, there would have been a decent arc there. But then, I, like you say, I appreciate that that's not necessarily what the documentary is all about. And in fact, that's what quite a lot of non-sports fans like about the documentary is that it isn't just about football. So yeah. for me, oh. maybe a bit more, but I understand why. No, yeah, absolutely. Amber sat there and watched it. And, you know, she's she's been to Wrexham games, but she's not a massive fan of football. In fact, she told me earlier this season she's never going to another football game again because she finds them boring. But you know, unless, unless Sean Kindface Harvey is in, is in there's been present. Yeah. The housewife's choice, Sean Harvey. Um, <laughs> Put that on a flag. But um, look, you know, it, it does paint a, a picture of not just football. And I think it is attracting fans because of that and and great if they can if they can get non-football fans interested in in it due because because it, it, it paints a story of of not just what happens on and off the field i'm all for that i'm all for that i i really am can we also just make a notable nod to dixie mcneil how well he looks good to see yeah. here and there also neil robo roberts um that's oh, a shame they couldn't sort of uh, tidy up that pixelated footage. It looked like it was filmed on a potato of one of his goals. Either that or get him to recreate it in full kit. What, uh, Phoenix in the Flames? Yeah, <laughs> something, I don't know. It, it'll be nice because obviously we, we're going to see and hear more of him. Um, I'm guessing probably with Mia as well, his daughter, who yeah. played for the, for the women's team. But yeah, overall, it's a firm Jim Whitley by the sounds of it. Yeah, good. Um, right. Let's move on to other business. Um, was anyone at the Grimsby game? Liam, you were there. I mean, I watched it. I was working, but I watched it. Well, no one was at the Grimsby game. We haven't played them yet. Um, <laughs> wow, Andy's timeline's all over the place. Where did he get this idea from? <laughs> the non-linear narrative. I, I, I was in my ear from the, from the directors. Um, yeah, talk about uh, talk about Tramir at home. Uh, uh, Tramir at home? Yeah. <laughs> he's he's even got that right. Um, right, basically... Liam, were you the only one there at the Doncaster game? I watched it. Tim, were you on your way to Riga? I was on my way to Riga, but I watched it at Dublin Airport. And it kept on kept on having the spinning wheel of death. So Dublin Airport Wi-Fi, it just isn't that good. Uh, but yeah, I got to see the most crucial bits. So apart from I missed their goal, but I got to see it back, obviously. Yeah. Guess what? Um, right. Before we sort of dive into it can right i've got my i've got a dundee united supporting mate and this is what he thinks of stephen fletcher he's still very fit and wins everything in the air we played him with no striking partner which meant his contribution was limited by that but he should bag a few more for you uh if you sort of play to his strengths more uh, and i i was really impressed by his cameo um how hard was that shot i thought if it had hit to hit someone in the crowd we bloody hell it would have been Air ambulance time. It was. Uh, he's. He seemed okay considering. I don't really know what his preseason has been like, but he seemed to have kept himself pretty, pretty trim. I know it's only twenty minutes, but you know, you might sort of be thinking this could be, could be a bit of a coup. This. What do you reckon, Liam? You saw him up up close. No, I'm going to shock you now. You didn't let me f- say where I was. I was in a, a caravan in Morvabucken. Oh, so... absolutely. No one was here. <laughs> Are you still there? Because it looks like you're lying on your bed, just just chilling. I, I am. In, I am in my bed, just just chilling, just chilling. But um, yeah. So any information, I've, <laughs> any info, call me. 
Um, any information I've gleaned is purely just from watching the highlights, but I saw enough from the highlights to know that he looked sharp as a tack for a player who is 36 and who a lot of fans sort of jumped the gun a bit on, really, um, and would have rather seen Luke Armstrong for 500k, which I put a big question mark over because he looks like, even though he hasn't had a pre-season, he looked really sharp. And people were saying, you know, will he will he have pace? He didn't. That didn't look to be an issue to me. He didn't look like a lumbering sort of striker. And I'm, I'm, I'm not going to jump ahead either, on either side, but I'm hopeful that Parky's pulled this out of the bag here by getting a, a decent pedigree of striker, who's you know who's still got it. So yeah, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. Tim, do you think what, what do you think the long term strike partnership is? Is it still Palmer and Mullin? Yeah, yeah, I think it is, and I think I think when you get somebody like Fletcher in, he looks like the sort of second in the, in command of a of a biker gang. You get somebody like him, he comes in, it keeps Palmer on his toes. Why is he like, not in command of that biker gang, Tim? Just no, I just I just don't I don't see him being in command of it. I think uh, he, he's he kind of was in command of it, and now he's happy to be in number two. He's at that point in his life, so I think, uh, and that that extends to being a sort of backup there to to Palmer. But he, even if I mean, is, let, is Palmer let, in command of this bike of a gang? Well, let, let, let's let's cut to the chase. Right? Somebody, somebody stated that how many goals Palmer scored, how many games, and, and the ratio is not great at the moment. Fine, but he's been pretty decent so far this season. Seems like a bit more like he's got a bit of his mojo back. Um, we know, obviously, Mullin came on in that game. We know he's way, way off it, off it yet. Give everybody a boost and a lift. He's still a handful. He's still a pain in the ass. He still harasses defenders. He's, he's for me, he's probably maybe 65, 70% of where he needs to be at the moment. You know, he's, he's, he's bit, a bit off it, I think. But that'll come good. And I think if you bring somebody in like Fletcher, I think it might be a blessing in disguise. I genuinely do. Half a million quid for for Armstrong. I've seen his goals that he scored. Even even now, to me, half a million quid for, for a lead two striker seems quite a lot. Um, to be honest, it's, it's sad that it didn't happen for him because I know they had a bit of crap week. The Armstrongs, obviously, his dad Alan got the sack at Darlington as well, so a bit of a crap week all round for them. However, backup plans is what Parky's pretty decent at as well. And Fletcher just looked a pain in the ass, horrible, you know. And if worst case scenario, you you choose to bring Mullin back gradually again off the bench, imagine Palmer. And Fletcher, you're battering Rams. Horrible. Horrible. You're going to need pace in and around, though, sure. And um, whether he goes with. Tell you three what. Of, you. I don't know. Uh, Barnett would love putting crosses into those two, wouldn't he? Yeah. Um, and Barnett's just consistently good, isn't he, what he does? Byline yeah. cross, byline cross, byline cross. But the crosses are high quality. Yeah. They always go where they're supposed to go. Yeah. Um, just a quick word on on Macalinden, and I know got a few pelters. Look, that fella has hardly played in the last six or seven months. It's hard to come to come in and you know play a position that you weren't brought in for, but you can play. So you know, you know, I think we're all a little bit surprised he got he got the nod in the squad above McFazdian, but he he does he does fill a couple of roles, and I can sort of see. See what Parkinson's sort of thinking is there, um, and I think I think it was a bit hard for us 
for everyone to sort of really go in on him um, because he's an honest lad. Uh, maybe if that was his fifth game in a row, that would have been a hell of a different performance from what we had on, on Saturday. Um, but yeah, the rest of it, I think the only sort of downside for us really is Hayden, who, again, has anyone, Tim, have you got any sort of info about? No, I mean, I'll have a look now, but I mean, you've got to feel sorry for him. Is there, there, was, there was some... There was some mention. I can't remember. It was in a in a in a WhatsApp group. I don't know, but there's some mention. Is like you know, is it like a mental thing? Is it really as bad? As... Hayden, Aaron Hayden ain't gonna pull a bullshit over 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 an injury. He's just simply having bad luck. Like mm. you know, Rob Layton amount of bad luck in that he comes back. He looks good. Looks really good. You know, um, gets amongst the uh, amongst the goals and. Lo and behold, he has to go off. I've I no idea what the uh, prognosis is. I haven't seen any updates about it. Um, Something Rich Williams has done a piece. Um, so it's expected to be short-term rather than long-term, weeks rather than months, basically. So he's not expected to be out long-term. But then we've got, we've, got, we've, got, we've, got, we've got Tony Cliff. We've got, we've got defenders in abundance, really. I mean, I know Cleworth got, got a little bit of heat, I think, unfairly for the Doncaster goal. You know, it's, it's, it's got a bit loose. There's still four or five bodies between that player and the back of the net before it goes in. So, collectively, they dawdled. Yes, it's come from him as an error. But please, let's not um, get on the backs of our own players, particularly ones, those that have come through the system. Yeah. Um, and at the end of the day, it's not like non-league where if we don't win or we draw a match, it's the end of the bloody world. Look, there's four promotion places here. It's a very tight league. Everyone will beat everyone. Um, and, you know, just because we don't win a game doesn't mean we're out of the title race or anything like it might have done in in non-league. There's a bit more breathing space here. So, you know, let's well, let's be a bit calmer, calmer about things, especially at the start of the season. You know, we've lost one. We've lost one so far, right? We've, we've acquitted ourselves to the vision pretty well, I would say. I think um, so. And even in the games where we've been outscored, obviously non-Kings... Don's ones is the obvious one. We still are hard to beat or hard to shake. So if you're going to come, we're going to score three or four. You better score five. You know the whole Swindon game was 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 mental. They score five, they still only escape with the point. So that there is that consistent aspect that we still have that winning mentality and that desire to uphold the the values and beliefs of the club and and give everything. And Parky's gone on record before like if you, if you're going to pull on that shirt, you will give everything 110. percent and if teams are going to come and get anything, they're going to have to have played better than us. It's as simple as that, which they yeah. did on the day. Yeah. Um, let's talk about that squad then. Uh, so, um, obviously, McAlinden got a place. Uh, McFasden didn't. Uh, Hosanna didn't, which I, which sort of surprised me when, when I first saw it because I thought, you know, he can play in a number of positions. They've even been trying him out at centre-half. But, uh, but again, he's always seems to be blighted by injuries, doesn't he? Um, and you do sort of think... Unless he can really turn it round in the back end of the season, could 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 his time sort of be coming to an end at Wrexham? Um, any other shocks for you? People who who did or didn't make it? Waters is that is that a shame, Liam? Um, it's it's not a shock. I was half expecting it because I just had this sense that Parkinson doesn't particularly rate him for whatever reason. But I do think it's not strange. But I can see why he was brought in because I think there was this worry that, you know, Mullen could potentially be out and we would be left without, you know, a backup striker. But 
you bring him in on a you know on a decent wedge supposedly on a good contract we get promoted and then suddenly just not seemingly not interested in him at all I'm I'm quite surprised by that I think just just feels a bit you know how much have we really seen of, of Billy Waters I know everyone's saying he can't can't score etc but I wouldn't say I've seen enough of him to know whether he can or not um, also, I think for me that it wasn't bringing what was in. If I think it was bringing him in on a three-year deal or whatever it was. I mean, that yeah, seems yeah. that seems a hell of a long time for for a player that you're looking for for as a stopgap. I don't know if that's the only way he would come to us if he got that length of length of deal. Uh, look, uh, I watched the Newcastle game. Yeah, he snatched that chance. It was a bad miss, but the lad ran his socks off and he got a standing ovation at the end because you know what Wrexham fans are like. They absolutely applaud effort the lad had the lad puts effort in um but i think he's a victim of the fact that parky wanted something a little bit bit different up front and mulling was fit again so he he plumped for for fletcher instead um yeah uh tim squad more or less what how you would have picked it yeah yeah i think so i think so um no great shock to me really i feel a bit sorry for mcfancy because I think on his debut, we we sponsored the game, the FA Trophy game. We we named him man of the match. We thought he's really good, decent. Yeah. You know, point to prove. Um, came from Crew. Obviously, Sunderland fans think he's the worst left back they've ever had. Yeah, but Plymouth fans love him. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a weird thing. I, I feel sorry for him. Um, and I think Parker's even said he's just been unfortunate in the sense that we've gone out and got better players in that position. That's just mm. the fact. And I would McLean and Mendy. Um, Hosanna, one of those really. I, I I can't I can't think of a memorable game he's had. So that that tells his own story. Um, he scored one goal for us, I think maybe maybe two. There's definitely one goal away somewhere. Um, again, just just never really sort of hit hit a run of form. The injuries bited him, and then the waters thing. His last chance was the, was the Newcastle game. He kind of didn't take it. Um, blazed went over, probably felt the pressure of that. Um, it didn't quite work out for him, but you know, those three players are not bad players, you know. And if if they do end up leaving it in due course, they will get fixed up fairly easily, I would imagine and hope. So, but I believe I've not read the entire rules of it, but I believe they can't. They are still eligible to play in our cup games, apparently. Well, McFaston played in a reserve match, so he is still keeping himself fit. And Waters played. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, and Walter scored in, in that reserve game as well. I think we got hammered. Was it 4-1 back in turn of the reserves? Um, strong team, that. So I was quite surprised by that by that um, result. Decent lineup. It's on a cliff McNichols. I'm not going to lose sleep over it, I'm going to be honest. No, I don't think you would. Um, also, whilst, whilst we mention it, um, the the trailer for uh, episode two of season two has just dropped. Um, looks like it's heavily featured around Mullin oh, and Millie. Yeah. Millie tipping... Um, and Paul Mullin, I think there's going to be the whole uh, autism quiet zone at the football club theme around that. Obviously, Millie has, has that. Albie, Paul Mullin's son, has autism as well. So, you know, good character development one, and it'll be, be interesting to see that. Looking forward to that one. Yeah, um, I don't want to big our own trumpet up here, but I think we should sort of say that after our live event, we've given a bit of money to charity from the charity draw. So we've given some cash to the Your Space, which is the Paul Mullin-backed autism charity in, in Wrexham. We've given some money to Wrexham Food Bank, uh, and we've given some money to um, 
British Heart Foundation as well. Um, and yeah, just just because, well, they're, they're they're all charities quite close to us, and you know, if we can help out with a couple hundred quid here and there, we will. But anyway, let's gloss over that because we don't want we don't want to talk about our charity work, mate. <laughs> I'm smashing nicely for, yeah. for any uh, Americans. Look them up. <laughs> yeah, man. So many, so many cultural like, references in this episode. I know. Okay. Can I finish on a whiskey review? Oh, oh, you haven't done it. Well, no, I haven't We've... got any of it, have I yet? It's still. Oh, right. Wow. Just another hint. Not my fault you chose to give yours uh, away. Um, um, well, I gave mine away to Reese, who was one of our fellow podcasters. Who? Who's Reese? Anyway, well, <laughs> never had it on anyone. I did, I did get a, a bottle, and I gave it to my friend James, who's going through a bit of a tough time at the moment, but absolutely loves his whiskey, and this is a review. Now, before I read this, remember that James does work in PR, so he's written a proper good spiel. So this is the for, sort for, of thing that, that Rob could have on the back of the packaging. Just to set this up and for context, in case anybody forgot, um, the, the, Andy and Liam decided to practically beg for free whiskey. You're rewriting history here. You will not be rewriting This is a fact. Let's, 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 let's be factual about it. So our wonderful co-owner, Rob McElhenney, uh, sent some whiskey over, um, uh, which and I, I took stock of that whiskey. I hope, I hope the rest of it hasn't fermented in this recent hot spell of weather we've had. But anyway, I digress. Um, some of the whiskey was given away in prize draws. We've kept some back for, for other ventures as well. And obviously, um, a couple of the guys here have had bottles of whiskey, including Mr. Gilpin. Yeah, um, so I gave mine to James because he loves his whiskey. Uh, this is a review. The Irish-American whiskey hybrid is a complex as it is memorable. Wow, you can tell he works in PR, can't you? Triple distilled, like all good Irish whiskies, Four Walls is a marriage of classic grain whiskey and rye, which gives its dram a unique taste. With a rich, creamy vanilla and spicy rye aroma, the tasty... The taste of rich caramel and gingerbread hits you like a crunching tattle from he says, insert hard Wrexham player here. So I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go Luke Young from a crunching tattle from Luke Young and a long sweet finish, much like much like Mullins. He said, insert a goal that Mullins scored, which was good. Um, so I'm gonna go for um uh and a sweet finish, much like Mullins uh strike against Stockport County in the semi-final of the uh of the FA trophy. If you like Irish whiskey with a statement taste, grab yourself a bottle of four walls. I think James likes it is what I'm like, I got a couple of texts while he was drinking it. Uh they didn't they as they went through they made less and less sense. But I think he was enjoying the bottle. The whiskey coming is uh, is what we're saying. No, we're not saying that, Liam. Liam, we're not saying that. We're saying thank you, Rob, for sending some whiskey. My mate who loves whiskey has tasted it and he really likes it. I wish that I knew that review was coming for. And I would have set that up nicely with some nice, relaxing lift music in the background. You know, in, in the absence of I like to move it, move it, we could have done some nice lift music. Also... I'm still awaiting my free Stoke cold coffee brew, which I believe Liam Randall has snaffled away from me somewhere. Uh, but if you're listening to Stoke cold coffee people, please send some, because I still believe you still can't get it in Wrexham, unless somebody can tell me otherwise. I don't know. Well, um, you just have to go yeah. around Liam's eyes to get it. I saw him, him just pouring it away uh, outside his kitchen window. As if, anyway, let's wind down this capitalist episode of today's podcast is just right, we need predictions 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 um right what are we going to do to those lincolnshire fellows grimsby <laughs> uh 
Tim, do you want to go first? Uh, I think we will give those Lincolnshire fellows featuring Luke Waterfall and Rekiel Backheel Pike mm. a lovely 3 0 thumping. I don't know why I turned to Sean Harvey then. Um, 3 0 thumping. Um, and I just think it'll be nice to get one over them for a bit of revenge after that horrible playoff eliminator ending. Um, so, yeah, 3 0. Fletcher amongst the goals. Thank you. Liam? Good golly. I think we're going to stick it to those fishy folk by Jove. Um, I'm going to go for 3-1 to Wrexham. Right. Um, I was on a Grimsby podcast on Sunday and they absolutely are infatuated with Paul Mullin and his diving. Um, is it because... Yeah, I know. I, I, I'm, I, don't worry. I, uh, I'm not having Paul Mullins on a besmirched on a, uh, on, on a Mariners uh, podcast to so I... Uh, Stood up for him, uh, <laughs> unlike him who keeps falling down. <laughs> hey, uh, hey. Uh, look, um, two nil. I, I think we're in the groove a little bit. I think a packed, packed, uh, packed race course. Uh, I two. I think that Fletcher's going to have a say in this one as well. Um, one last thing on that though. Let's uh, quick straw poll before we go. Liam, would you start Mullin from the start? No, ease him back in. Uh, Tim, absolutely not. Nowhere near. Keep him, keep him nicely ready for Stockport, where he play more minutes and get the winner. That'd be great. I'll have the same amount of minutes as he got against Doncaster, but there'll be more quality half hour than what he what he gave uh, against Doncaster because he looked rust, rusty. But it was good to get those minutes in his legs. Right. With that, we should bid you good day. So it's goodbye from me. It's Farewell, goodbye, fellows. fellows. <laughs> farewell good fellows go forth and we will see you soon you got anything to add to that oh a wave all right okay it's good night from the babe station studios uh all right see you bye-bye